0: Good day, and welcome to another Africa Asia podcast. Tonight, I'm joined by Chris. Comes by once in a while. Chris, you can say hi, and then I'll introduce the topic for discussion.
1: My name is Chris. Uh, I'm an advocate, uh, I'm happy to be here.
0: Okay, and uh, for the listeners, he's an advocate of the High Court of Kenya. Um, he's oh, he's yeah. a lawyer. So he's well, an advocate. Yeah. Can bring me
1: businesses, yeah. Mm.
0: Okay. I'm um, I'm Christine. I'm an advocate as well, but I'm also many other things. So tonight, uh we're speaking about reactions of different countries on the restrictions to entry uh because of the COVID shenanigans. So different countries are reacting differently when it comes to like uh who can enter into their country. What are the requirements that someone needs to uh, comply with? Uh, what happens if you don't comply with them? And we will focus a bit on how that that has affected uh, African countries, and we also uh, highlight a few uh, cases um, that have specifically come out uh, in the press about this issue. Uh, Chris, I will let you have a go at it first. Yeah,
1: thank you for for the introduction. Um, I think uh, for me. Um, would I'd, I'd categorize the ca- various countries' reactions into to to maybe three categories. So there are those ones who have reacted. Uh, first of all, it's 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 important to understand the fact that uh, no one has ever really experienced such a, for lack of a better term, such a phenomena as like COVID. So the various reactions are partly largely informed by luck, but uh, that may be, uh, maybe I categorize the reactions maybe into three. Those ones who have done really well. And see the likes of New Zealand. And of course, there are many factors involved, such as population and and uh, the control the grip that the governments have over the people. So you'd find countries like maybe China that would come in. Uh, Norway, maybe Scotland have really tried and then Nicola. And then you'd go to maybe Tier Two and you'd find um believe it or not, Kenya have <laughs> really tried um uh I can't really think of others, but yeah, the other ones were moderately tried, and then those ones were really poor at it uh, for one reason or another. Uh, you'd find maybe our neighbors uh, around the corner here, Tanzania, the government didn't really understand what was going on. You'd find maybe some countries just because of poverty, they can't really help it overpopulation. So maybe I'd categorize them into three. But um, also, as you dig also deeper, you'd find various institutions that will have various reactions towards covid and maybe you'd find now, maybe in this discussion we'd, be inf- we'd largely be discussing maybe uh, the transport sectors, that being the airlines, Um. so the Kenyan situation between Kenya and Dubai, you'd find we're discussing maybe the sports federations, because sports has really been affected. Maybe we might discuss the English affair, we might discuss the Australian T- Tennis Federation as the recent case, Novak Djokovic. Um, so various countries, informed by various factors and largely lack, have had different reactions, that maybe you can categorize them into those sections. And maybe our discussion now can move forward from from there. Um, So I don't know what you think about that.
0: I think also, uh, I think in my view that influences the reactions uh, of countries is the clout that you have. So, whether it's international trade, international relations, uh, decisions to go to war and such things, these things are influenced by the clout you have in the international arena. So for instance, uh, if you're China, you can close your borders and say no one will come into the country. And uh, in our last discussion uh, on China news uh, towards end of 2021, by then when we were doing the recording in December, China was still not allowing just anyone to get into China. But at the same time, uh, Chinese industries like where there was construction going on like for roads uh, under the Belt and Road Initiative like roads being constructed um, let's say in Kenya steel and other things could be imported from China and be brought here you know what essentially that means is that Chinese companies are still you know like operating and being able to export their their products um, out here to the rest of the world but you as a person who wants to go buy goods in China you just can't go to China Again, when I say cloud uh I, I one of the European countries can decide, you know what, even if you're like um a sports star we will not let you into the country and Chris, you can speak much uh, about that for the tennis player uh but try that as an African country and decide you know what um uh, we have decided that uh this is not going to happen to even this person who is not even a politician, they are celebrity somewhere. You you know, there will be accusations of like, why are you being intolerant to us? Uh, What's happening, you know? And I think it's influenced by someone who feels like, you know, we play by our own rules and the rules you set, everyone else should comply with. And you as a country, you you have no room to make your own rules. I mean, of course, Kenya, uh, I think Kenya in many ways decides to go do its own thing. Uh, Like now you will not be Allowed into the country if you're not vaccinated, uh, which you know like could be infuriating to other people because again, uh, we you will ask why would you why would you do that even when your population was the percentage of vaccination? The entire vaccination thing is just it's just a whole topic for discussion. But Chris, those are my opening remarks. You could point out like uh, different reactions uh, based on like, sports news and these other things.
1: Yeah, thank you. I think picking up from where uh, you left uh, I think we can can kind have of a classic case of maybe the Omicron variant, uh, variant rather. um And what we see is this: uh, uh, whether we like it or not, power, power play comes in, uh economics come in, and things like that. Uh, so the superior countries economically, uh, we'd find other variants have originated or have been. The first one they say came from China, Wuhan. Then there was one which was uh, rapidly spreading and uh, had first cases of being found in the likes of, of UK and other countries like that. And you'd find, um, fine, they were being given travel advisories. Uh, some some countries were actually banning flights from that side, but it was not as harsh as when the first COVID, uh, Omicron variant positive person was found in South Africa. And, and it was so harsh that uh, every flight was banned from coming from South Africa to those other countries. And it's the funny thing is that uh, actually this person had come in with this variant from outside to South Africa. and But you see the reaction that it uh, was given to, just because it's an African country, I believe, uh, was a bit more harsh than... Because this thing had originated from those other superpowers, for lack of a better term. But no one really... measures were being taken, but it wasn't in these strict and harsh measures, if I may say. And... Um, that just informs the I don't know if it's racism. Um part of me wants to to dissociate myself from the thinking that it's racism and just think about it from an economic point of view because largely what informs such harsh measures is that you are in no position to defend yourself in terms of speaking power, whatever that may be, maybe World Health Organization or certain certain uh bodies like that. And two, um, for lack of a better term, you know, you're of little to no value to to those countries in terms of economics. They view, view you from the bottom tier. That's just my opinion. Because it doesn't make sense Or oh, somebody would come with this disease from outside. And so we are being vigilant and reporting it to the to the relevant bodies. And then strict and harsh measures are being put to right. us while we see these places of origin. They're having measures, but they're flexible. They're agreeable to them. It doesn't make sense. Um Now that is from a government perspective. From a country perspective, if we go to uh, to now this other body's perspective, now we'll pick the, the the most recent one for the tennis, the, the the Serbian tennis star. Fine, they dealt with it in a legal manner. It went through its its court cases and 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 finally, mm. um, he he was deported from the country. He was not allowed to to participate in the in the tennis tournament. I'm agreeable to that. Uh, the the, the rule of law, uh, took place. Um, and also he had, he's an anti-vaxxer. It's his right, but it's not an unlimited right. Yeah? So, um, because you're, you the, the, the authorities have to balance between the health and well-being of a majority as opposed to one person. You have, you have your right. You can, you can refuse to be vaccinated, but they also, you can't also now risk the lives of other people. Fine. I agree with that. But the point I'm trying to look at is, Somebody somewhere within the Australian government, obviously, within the Australian Immigration Services, uh, had actually issued this person with a visa based on various reasons. So he was not in the country legally. So I think it's very, it's very uh, alarming and worrying. That now once this guy is in the country, that's when you guys are realizing, or you want, probably you want to make a statement to this person. That's why now I don't, I don't agree with certain decisions like this initially you knew he was an anti-vaxxer he's not he's he's not any tom dick and harry he's a very famous person you knew his sentiments about vaccination you knew he was coming to play this tournament why don't you just deny him the visa at the point of when he's applying for it why do you have to wait to make a statement with him when now he's already in the country the tournament is ongoing you're putting him through quarantine and all this so as in as much as in aduan to part of me agrees with The decision to not allow him to participate but we should also be humane and we should also be logical and, and thoughtful about our reactions in terms of now they say our reactions i mean our governments our various authorities to this covid minutes because you might be even the south african situation the countries the governments might be looking at the well-being of their, of their various societies and the various people and governments and and, and 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 populations but how you go about it really. Because no country, no authority exists in a vacuum or in an island situation. So how they go about it also should be in a thoughtful, logical, and in a manner likely to to, to show that justice is not only being done, but we can also see that it is being done. Because I'm sure the um, the American or the UK government or are burning flights of South Africa, they're thinking about their people. But the way they went about it, it, it came off as if... We, as Africans or the South Africans are sons of a lesser God because these stringent measures were not being put in place in other countries in such a harsh manner. Uh, people were being given the benefit of doubt, research was being carried out, so data was actually being used to come arrive at these decisions. but for this one, they were just be reported and 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 then they were shut down um now moving closer now, moving back home, the Kenyan situation. There were allegations that we, maybe a whole flight or so, had forged their COVID vaccine certificates heading to Dubai. And once they got there, they all tested the, uh, think, positive. And there was a, there was a dispute between Kenya and, 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 and Dubai that ended up, we also banned flights from Dubai. They banned flights from Kenya. It was a mess. Um, knowing Kenya, I'm fine. It might be the case. But also empirical data should inform certain decisions and certain facts should be laid on the table. Because it could also be a case of where somebody tested negative in Kenya and on transit or maybe or lined by the, the contracted COVID. So it it's just, I think, a case of let us see fairness in, in the various bodies and the various governments reacting to this COVID menace. Because now Kenya reacted based on all empirical data because they felt like the the, uh, the guys from Dubai had they were not given data to show that actually you know you cannot say just because somebody has tested positive on that other side that he was traveling on a fake COVID certificate because no one knows when they can get this COVID uh, disease so it should be, there should be a balance so that people don't feel that the other factors being considered other than the empirical data on the table so, you know, if I'm a South African, a black South African, I tend to think race is being played the of race. And us as Africans, whether we like it or not, the Western world fully expected us to bear the brunt. The, the, the naysayers and the, you know, the articles being written, we were being prepared for Armageddon, we were going to die in droves, and it didn't happen. So once now we are, Acting from that perspective, people, governments, and authorities have to be careful moving forward, not to, to 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 fund those files. They should make logical decisions based on data, based on thoughtful decisions. Yeah, mm.
0: yeah, uh, Chris. Those are very good observations. Personally, I think um, I don't think data or logic is a key driver for decisions being made uh, about COVID. You know, like when you say the fact that you can look at it and see someone can contract this uh, virus in transit or something and therefore, uh, you know, like take that into account when you're making a decision. Something you think is an obvious thing that should be considered is not. And also when you think about like the South Africa situation and we had a discussion a while back where there was actually a South African business person was giving the experience and saying what happened when, like, the flights were banned from uh, going to the U.S. People are trying to return to, like, the business world where, like, he was saying he he was going to have a meeting, uh, which now it was just cancelled and that's it. And then also the other thing um, they were saying is that South Africa wasn't saying that we are now in the red zone and this new variant is going to wipe out the world what had happened is that they had discovered there was a new variant they were saying in fact we are we are looking through it we are doing our research it's our research that has found this out and you know like with the vaccine this is the response i mean someone is giving you data and then the response is as if you know there's this thing coming from africa a dark 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 variant that's going to come and now what's going to happen is that it's going to wipe the rest of the world out i mean that's. I'm not saying that's what was said, but that's what the reaction felt like, uh, and especially considering that if there was anything to have also been considered logically, is that for whatever reason, this uh, situation hasn't gotten really out of hand in Africa, that this, this variant, maybe it's not as bad, because you see, the disease hasn't been as bad in Africa. I mean, logically, you'd think that's a consideration, but the reaction, again, I don't think was commensurate to what was reported. Uh, but also, I think, as a comment on the reactions of this type i I also t- tend to think it might be more economic than maybe just racist. It's possibly because you have no clout you know as African countries. but on this discussion, I think because it's a COVID situation where no one really quite knows like all the answers, I think being patient and taking into account what is a situation like. From a balanced mind, uh, then I think that might be a better solution. Uh, Chris, I don't know what any other comments you have on the topic.
1: Um, I think my closing remarks would be, um, as in as much as we want to give it time, uh, because no one really knows, no one has dealt with such a menace before, unless uh, you're as old as Metusela, you existed during the smallpox era, and such kind of things. But uh, even with the limited information that we have. I think the various authorities, and mostly the Western world, because they're let's face it, they're in a position of power in terms of economics, in terms of uh, health, uh, research, everything, Most, mostly. They should, I would want to believe that they are fair, but they should show that fairness to us in their decision-making. Because we might, from, from where we sit, as an African, from where I sit, it seems as if other factors are being considered, as opposed to empirical data. So is it my skin color? Is it my economic situation? Because if you go, if you without any data, you say uh, a majority of Africans are likely to die. And we don't die. Now, a vaccine comes and we're the last to get it. And it's, it's an oxymoron because if you look at population-wise in terms of continents, Africa has has a large number of people. And we don't get this vaccine. Now we 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 are being good good uh members of of this world, and we we report variants that are coming up, and we actually want to share our data with with people. And we are being castigated for that. So, as an African, what am I supposed to to feel? What am I supposed to think? So, if the other factors being considered, let us be told, so that we don't be in a situation whereby we feel as Africans that uh, it's the color of our skin or our economic situation that is being considered as opposed to empirical data. Yeah.
0: Okay, uh, and Chris, that reminds me, uh, I haven't confirmed how correct this is but last week there was this uh, posting by uh, Kenyans on Twitter that uh Right now, uh the interviews for US visas have been suspended until 2023. So what? The visa, the, the visa to the US, uh there's no the interviews for the visas are uh, and the appointments are not being booked until uh 2023. And while well, this is happening, at least from the US, are in Kenya training. So, you see there's no reciprocity. Here athletes from athletes from the US are here training for, I don't know, a marathon or something, and they come in train and leave. Well, for a Kenyan who is who wants to go on a business trip or for whatever reason they could also want to go on vacation or go train there or whatever reason they want to go there, you're told that the next time uh the next the earliest appointment that you can book for you will be in twenty twenty three. I mean, uh that's just you know, it's what you're saying. And what is the basis of this consideration? If your population can come here and you think it's safe for them to come to Kenya and train and they'll go back and they'll be okay and the variant or whatever uh, COVID situation will not be transferred through them, how is it then that when a Kenyan wants to travel there, it's it's they have to wait until 2023 for the appointment because there are restrictions? I mean, it's just that leaves a lot of questions to mind. Uh and I think that's what you're saying.
1: So from from where we see it from our desk as Africans, what are we supposed to think? If it's not a matter of race, it's not a matter of our economic situation. Because clearly we've proved that we're the least affected in terms of this COVID. Maybe by the grace of God, maybe by we don't know. But we are being denied entry into other countries. So what could really be informing us? If if the other factors being considered, let us let us be told of these other factors. But from where we said we, we have no other alternative but to think other factors other than empirical data and health reasons are being considered.
0: Yeah, and that's particularly the case when you're letting your... Uh, you have no travel advisory for your athletes who want to come train here. You're letting them come train, but then in the same breath, not allow Kenyans to go there. When training here, they're interacting with Kenyans. I mean, it's just something. Uh, but for tonight, I think uh, we will end it here uh it will be great to hear what your thoughts are on this topic quite uh controversial i think or it could be but uh your thoughts are welcome and from chris and i for tonight it's goodbye